Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dose of Bubba podcast. Once again, talking to you late night. It's only 10 p.m. at night. Usually we go on about 11, 12, 1 a.m. and everybody's sleeping. I will be joined tonight by Andrew Weaver. A Twitter personality known for pictures, baseball, news. He talks it all. He's got a good following. He was recommended to me by somebody else, even though I've followed the guy myself for a long time. He's a big Cardinals fan. You can find him on Twitter at, at Drew Maniac, all under all lowercase characters. The Cardinals are playing right now, as you all know. They're down three to two at the top of the fifth. And we'll be joined shortly by Andrew. I always like to kind of do a little intro before I have him on, so I don't just kind of get him on the air and then kind of blitz him with questions and crap like that, like the, the usual professional show hosts do. So we'll have Andrew on here in about a few seconds. Uh, the Cardinals got a couple guys on base with Gritchick at the plate, who's only hitting 209. He's got some good power numbers, but. You know, could be hitting a little better. He had a good San Diego series, but he's kind of still struggling a little bit. Uh, Alemis Diaz still likes to hit the ball very hard. He just cranked a home run that hasn't landed yet in Arizona. And as much as I want to complain about him hitting eighth, I'm just going to kind of let it be because I'm getting really tired of complaining about lineups. Cardinals keep scoring runs. I'm just going to kind of let it go until it becomes a real problem and let all the other talking heads write articles about it. So, yeah, I'm going to kind of let that go because the Cardinals are once again scoring runs, doing well. Not getting the Adam Wainwright they really want. So, we'll have to see about that. I'm going to try to get Andrew on here. Waiting for the man, the myth, the legend to join us. Make sure I didn't give him, make sure I didn't give him the wrong number. Because that happens sometimes. Is telling me that it's not giving him a valid number, even though it's kind of a number I've always used. So let's see. Let's see if we can get Andrew on here. See, uh, on a normal podcast, that would probably, this would, on a normal podcast radio show, this would probably freak people out because they're abroad live air and I'm kind of like muttering at my Twitter, my blog talk dashboard here. But we're going to get Andrew on here any minute. I think I gave him a wrong number. Typical for an unprofessional host like myself to give our callers wrong numbers. I started this podcast back up just to kind of get people that I like, that I talk to in real life, Twitter, you know, face-to-face. I like to have people on that, you know, aren't like celebrities or big writers, but just fun. So we, we're going to be joined now by Mr. Weaver. Hey, hello. I don't know what happened with that number. I gave you a number, and I could tell it was kind of fishy, but it kind of went like a Skype-like, and then I gave you another number, and it didn't do that. So here we are. Yeah, Andrew, that's all Andrew right. Weaver, everybody. Hey, you know what? Hi, Dan. How this you doing? This is the kind of podcast where – good. This is the kind of podcast where a lot of crap's going to go wrong. I'm very unprofessional. I've already warned people that in my other podcast. So – you know, the, the delayed opening and all the, the, the searching to, to send you the right number, it just falls in 
right in, in place with what, what I promised my listeners. So, <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> so, Andrew, I, I gave people a little bit of an intro about how we've been following each other on Twitter for a long time. You're a Cardinals fan. You're a fan of news. You take some photographs. You're at Drew Maniac on Twitter. Tell us a bit about yourselves and tell us what you uh, what you try to dish on Twitter and what you like to do. And who the hell are you? <laughs> well, um, I, gr- I actually live in Texas now, but I actually grew up and lived in Missouri for uh, for most of my life. I lived in Rolla, uh, Missouri, not too far from St. Louis, about an hour and a half or so. So that's why I, where I grew up rooting for the Cardinals, listening to Jack Buck and Mike Shannon and all them, and uh, grew up going to the games when the Cardinals really sucked in the early 90s and everything, and really – that's where I got my love of baseball and enjoyed that. And then uh, um, as far as what I do and what I enjoy, I mean, I, I enjoy, obviously, as you said, mentioned taking photos and stuff like that. I do, I do some of that kind of professionally, but not, I, I honestly, it's more of a hobby than anything. Um, and then uh, I, I write all the time, but have just a few readers, mostly friends and relatives, not a whole lot, but um, most, most of the time, as far as on Twitter, you know, I, it, during baseball season, I'm discussing baseball and things like that. When uh, there is other things going on, I'm, I'm a kind of a news junkie as well, so I enjoy uh, paying attention to what's going on in the world and things like that as well. So sounds good, man. Hey, hey, man, that, that that's basically what we do. You know, you can't really avoid the news. You kind of just you know you react, you right. see it, you react to it. You, you think you're going to have some kind of effect on it. You know, the one thing about Cardinals baseball and any sports that, you know, you can feel like you're attached to it because you have so many likable, like, people are like, you no, know, some are unlikable, but people that are kind of just like you, very passionate, and they want to learn more. So that's kind of what sports is great at. They bring people together. They kind of brought me together with you. I mean, I've met mm-hmm. people on Twitter through these Cardinals that, you know, I didn't know before I was on Twitter. I, I actually mocked Twitter for years before I got on. And I was like, oh, ah, stupid Twitter trying to be. And then I was like, <laughs> somebody sent me a, so it's like, just sign up. And then you mock it on Twitter, you know. And then I just became an addict. And then now I'm checking in yeah. every day. I'm tweeting about everything. I mean, that's kind of what it is. That's kind of how, I guess that's how it is for sports sometimes. You kind of start out as that, okay, it's not that big of a deal. And then you start watching it and you just kind of become hooked. You can, yeah. Um, I kind of grew up watching baseball, paying attention to baseball, so I, I could. I, the first baseball I can even remember watching was uh, the '85 series, if you can believe that. But and I was in Kansas City then, um, but uh, I didn't understand it or anything. But I remember it being on TV and I remember it going on and everyone talking about it and everything. And I was pretty young then, but uh, as I got a few years older and everything, I began to follow it quite a bit, and, and it's just been one of those sports that I was I, I enjoy a lot of other sports as well but this is definitely where I where I definitely enjoy uh the, the sport I enjoy paying attention to the most I guess and rooting for the Cardinals year in and year out and Twitter I was thinking about that what you were saying um I was trying to think how long I've been following you on there we've been following each other on there and oh, I, God, I was living, I think I was living in Missouri uh initially um how long how long had you actually been on there? You know, I I've been on Twitter since I think about two thousand twelve. I think I joined right after okay. they won the World Series. And I think as I remember my first few tweets are about the Rams getting Josh McDaniel a, a, as a an offensive coordinator. 
And then right. Mike Matheny coming on as the manager. And that was kind of like my, nice. my my growth in there. And that's also, you know, that the the July before that is where I started the Dose of Buffa, my first article on that coming about the, the Rasmus trade. So that's kind of how my internet presence kind okay. of started. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that, okay. that's, well, that's crazy. That's, cool. that, that, that's so, how so it I, happens. I did I did live in Texas then, probably around that time by then, because we moved here okay. in 2011. So, and actually came down here rooting for the Rangers because I thought, ah, oh, they're in American League, they'll never play the Cardinals. And uh, that was 2011, <laughs> and of course, you know, World Series came along, and then we went. We actually got to go to Game Four, and I was decked out in my Cardinal oh, okay. gear. And I turned on the ra- turned on the Rangers completely after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that's what happens, man. You, know, you, you try to root for yeah. your team, then you, you, you see these Cardinals, and of course the you yeah. know the romantic twist that David Freeze provided you that that oh, that, yeah. that, that October they didn't really give you a choice. And of course, you know I, I wrote today because today was Chris Carpenter's 41st birthday. People still really forget how much of a boss he was that year, especially down the stretch. Where you know you had the September matchup with the Brewers, where Niger Morgan tried to charge the mound, and Carpenter basically you know whisked him away off the mound, and he shut down like I think he shut the Pirates down, the Reds down, the Brewers down in that September. Then he outduels Roy Holiday. Then he the goes Philly, out there, the Phillies and Holiday, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know Ryan Howard's Achilles, and basically his his robust career just kind of collapsed at home plate, and you know you you go into the playoffs and you face of course the Rangers. And it, it just seemed like it's bittersweet because it seemed like he gave everything that he had because after that he, he started three more games and he was done. But, you know, he for a guy like him, I mean, he, he went out kind of on his sword. Right, right. No, I, I always appreciated uh, Carpenter throughout the years. And I, he's one of those guys that I, when he ca- first came on, man, in the, what was it, early 2000s or whenever it was when he first came on or maybe mid-2000s. And... Uh, I, I wasn't too sure about him, you know, one way or the other. But he just, as far as his pitching prowess, and then of course his his pitching there in the playoffs there, um, has, was was excellent. Um, and I enjoyed watching him play, just how intense he was and everything. And Wainwright's a little bit like that. Well, not right now, but <laughs> Wainwright's a little bit like that as far as uh, as far as his intensity and everything. And I've always kind of felt like he picked up from a lot of that, learned a lot from Carpenter. Well, you know, as we talk about, you know, Adam Wainwright, and he's kind of, you know, he, he he's not having a totally – like lost start tonight, but it's not the Wainwright we no, know. No. He, he's got he's given up a couple of home runs tonight. He's gotten Goldschmidt the one he hit. I, I don't think it's even landed yet. Or, or stop rolling, but right. you know, do you? I mean, is, is there a point? I mean, we're seeing everybody on Twitter, and of course Wainwright's seeing this too because athletes are on Twitter right now. But you know, is it something that when when do you think we got to start worrying about Wainwright? Is it like tonight or is it tomorrow? Is I it think it's May. I think it's when early. do you kind of start to really early. go? Yeah, yeah, you think it's early. I do think it's early. Just I don't get too worried about anything in April. I think um, there's a lot of a lot of players still warming up. You got a lot of players who start slow. Wainwright, I know, isn't necessarily one of those, but um, I think you know early on there, that's when you got to work out some of the kinks and things like that. And I do think Wainwright, part of his issue might be it might be a little bit of age, but I you know think his injuries from and everything he's still working back from from the Achilles and all that. I, I think that's part of it, and um, with with him, I'm not too worried about him just yet. But you know, give it another month or so, if he's still got a you know seven point zero zero ERA or whatever, 
and he's you know still yeah. losing games left and right, then you know we might be needing to start wondering what what we need to do with him, or or is he maybe still injured in some way, or still or hurting with some some other injury that we're not aware of right now. Um, hopefully, it's not the beginning of the end for him. That's one thing I am concerned about, just because of his age, but. Um, I, I do think that sometimes people, especially on Twitter and stuff, tend to overreact. And I'm not one of those ones that wants to chop off Matheny's head and chop off Mabry's head and things like that. Um, like <laughs> well, some people want to, you know, flip out. And, I, you know, I mean, and, you know, you look at, for example, Mabry, and, and I would have been fine if they let him go at the end of last year after last year's offensive production. But um, you look at this year, you know, if you want to be intellectually honest and everything, you, you'd have to say, you know, it looks like some things have changed, and may, uh, you know, and if you're going to blame him for everything that went wrong last year, then he needs to get a little bit of credit this year uh, for some of the turnaround, at least early on. But I do think it's a little bit early. It's the, I, I, I like what Diaz is doing right now. Um, but I think even with him, it, you know, it's a little early. Can he maintain that? Can he keep that up? Will pitchers catch up to him? Uh, you know, because if he doesn't adjust, that's what's going to happen. Those pitchers are going to figure him out, and they're going to start pitching to his weaknesses and, unless he's able to adjust like all major league hitters should or, or needs to do, need to do to maintain their consistency. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm very excited. Went all, all over the place there. <laughs> hey, 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 man. You know, that's the part about this podcast. You know, where we go over the place. I mean, one person we had on, we we went from like sports to living to coffee, and then back to baseball, and then we we are all over the place. It was like a random stream of consciousness, basically broadcast. Right. But yeah, with, with with Diaz, I mean, yeah, he unlike Hazel Baker, who kind of had that over seventeen streak. Diaz is just right. hitting and hitting and, and he's hitting everything hard. I mean, everything, even when he hits out, very hard. You know, he he hit a ground ball the other night, a one hopper to shortstop. I thought if he didn't have his glove there, it was probably gonna go right through his chest. I mean, it, it was just really <laughs> hit hard, and he's hitting baseballs down the left field into the gap, and he you know he crushes a ball. And I I know I, I wouldn't want him to hit eighth, but you got to think, you know, is there a reason that he's down there? Do they not want to move him up? Because I, I think he'd be, personally, if we're going to rock the lineup, which is something I just find tiring to complain about the lineups over and over again. But, it's you know, something you, you watch? see moving them. Yeah, it's something that, that I, I've kind of engaged in. I get so tired when you oh, just right. kind of go right. complain about the lineup every day and go, well, if I can right. make my nine. And, but with Diaz, <laughs> he does make you think, he does make you think, hey, I mean, if this guy can hit first or second – you know, you can almost leave Carpenter in, in, in the three spot, but this guy's got right. speed. Well, and you he know, hits the ball all fields. Right, and Matheny yesterday, you know, I, I like what he did with toying, toying with the lineup a little bit yesterday. I I don't think I would have ever thought to put Hazel Baker as leadoff. But, um, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, I, but that, I mean, it, I, I like what he did, bumping Carpenter down, and hopefully Carpenter doesn't catch some virus by batting third now and, and go downhill like he did last <laughs> year. But, um, but uh, it's just, I would like to see him at least, I mean, like tonight, Tejada's hitting seventh. Why is your guy hitting 125, not batting eighth, um, if you really, really had to get him in the lineup? Um, I don't know. I just, I, I'd like to see uh, Diaz bumped up for more opportunity. I don't, the only reason I can think of with Matheny, and, and this is just my personal opinion, obviously, all of this, I guess, is, but uh, the only thing I can think of with Matheny is that, uh, um, he tends to, you know, he he tends to stick to his his veterans, his his almost like you, I guess you could say his favorites and stuff like that, and, and so he kind of 
kind of tends to lean, lean on them a little more. And when you have guys new that come into the lineup, sometimes it's hard for them to break in. And I, I think that's more than anything. I think that's what's happening with, with Diaz. But over time, I think you'll see him get moved around a little more. But um, I, I still don't understand why you haven't already done it, though, when he's hitting four yeah. 66 coming into the game tonight or whatever. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's yeah he he he's crushing it. Yeah, and I'm not a fan. I mean, Tejada to me was always kind of like that. That he's kind of like a piece of a you know a graham cracker. You know, you you eat it and you're not really happy, and you just kind of like okay, right. I could have had better. This is not this is not a good snack. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that what he's well, done in New and York, I, and he he yeah. had that one great year. I understand, but going you know, after him, yeah. But I mean, you have someone in DF, and I also get the finances in it, I guess, you know, because they kind of, yeah, you know, dump sure. the money in him. And then it, here, here comes Diaz, you know, comes along, and he's not even—he shouldn't even be up here in theory. No. Um, and so I, I understand, I guess, the finance, the financial end of it too. But at the same time, you gotta, you gotta position your team and put your t- team in the best position to win. And I don't know. Sometimes I, I think that. Uh, Matheny likes to hold on to his, his to guys that are struggling a little longer than maybe they should. Maybe yeah. he should. Um, and yeah, and I mean, Hada, it, I'm not it, necessarily it, putting in that group, but that that makes where the guys who are who are doing really well sometimes can't get their break. Yeah, definitely. And and you know, you see last year, you know, if Jaime Garcia doesn't get hurt in spring training, you're not even sure if Carlos Martinez even has to really get that get his way into the rotation. Because he was right, fighting, right? Exactly. You know, a couple of different guys. They were talking Marco bullpen kind of again. Fell off. Yeah, they might have been the bullpen, but all of a sudden Jaime gets hurt. Marco doesn't get there, and Carlos Martinez turns into this semi ace. I mean, that's just what happens with this team. You know, one person goes down. Mm-hmm. If Peralta doesn't go down, we're not seeing this from Diaz right now. Diaz is doing this. Oh in yeah, no. right now. Well, Peralta doesn't but, go down. You don't even have Tejada. <laughs> No, you don't have Tata, and 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 maybe you know you probably have Garcia up here playing that bench role, super sub instead of Diaz. But you know Peralta goes down, and you're always wondering, you know, okay, is, is he going to play shortstop next year? Are we going to try to mm-hmm. move his contract? And now you have a guy like Diaz who's saying, hey, you know, I, I'm life after Peralta, and this guy's is destroying the ball. And and I'm with mm-hmm. you with Tata. I, I don't even think he should be on this team. I, I mean, I thought that when. You know, you, you could have sent. I mean, you, you could have sent. You know, Adams down. You, you could have given Tejada some time in Memphis to get some swing because obviously the guy hasn't really been swinging a bat since his injury in spring training. Well, but they didn't bring him right back up already. Yeah, Garcia was great. He had a good game. I think there was a Sunday game where he had a hit. Mm-hmm. He reached base twice, and he's like, "Hey, good game. Now I'll catch your bus." He's, down he's the, the, yeah, I-55. he's done. Every, he did everything you asked him to do, and then you send him right down. Yeah, and that, yeah, I, I and, mean, and again, I. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's all the financial end of things, but I do understand. Hey, we dumped this money in this guy. We gotta get to get him on the field. But I, you know, I don't necessarily think they're they're thinking like that. But at the same time, I just, you know, Tahada. You look at his, even his defense, and I know that was one thing that, that seemed like they kind of touted when they signed him. But his defense, defensive numbers are not that great. Um, I think it was. Uh, Bernie Miklas that had an article back in spring training whenever they initially oh, signed him and went, and went over all his defensive numbers and everything. And I mean, he's average, you know, for the most part. In a lot, yeah, part he's average. Goes. And I don't know. I, I just, I don't understand why he's on, why he's on the team, like you said, and he's not going to, you know, his offensive numbers have been weak so far anyway, and I don't think they're going to be that yeah. great. And when you compare him to someone like Garcia, 
I mean, I just don't know what you're gaining by yeah, keeping him and, on and, the team. Yeah, and the problem with that is that even if Diaz has his problems defensively, he still gives you that great back, mm-hmm. and the Cardinals need that. And my thing right. is, you know, how long do you stick with a guy like Adams if he keeps to not really show a bat? How long does Colton Wong get? I mean, you cannot send, you know, guys like Diaz down or keep guys like Greg Garcia down there because they're useful to this team. Unlike Matt Adams, right. Greg Garcia can play three different spots, and he can come off the, this mm-hmm. guy cannot take in a bat for like 10 days and he comes off the bench on the 11th day and gets a triple. I mean, that's just Greg Garcia. Matt Adams is kind of like, you know, he, he's just that guy that can do one thing and he hasn't done that thing in a long time. So you got guys like No, him he hasn't. I've been over Adams Adam for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's crazy. You mentioned Bernie. It was last year that Bernie wrote an article that said, Hey, it's since the middle of 2014, you know, Adams hasn't hit for power. I mean, if you look at his splits in 2014, you got two right. different hitters. I mean, you have a guy who's got mm-hmm. a you do. who's got uh, an 800 OPS, and then a guy who's got a 670 OPS. It's like, did he just like leave it on the bus? Did he leave it at Buffalo Wild Wings? Did he just kind of forget it underneath his seat? Probably Buffalo but Wild Wings. You, you, I mean, you have three guys on this team, and Adams and Tejada and Seth Manis that are just kind of on that bubble of going, what right. are you doing here? But I, but what, I think what are you providing to, this team? But it goes back to Matheny, uh, Tejada not so much, but. I think that does go Adams and uh, uh, Maness. I think that goes right back to to what I was talking about with Matheny and his tendency to kind of stick around with players that have been around for a little bit, almost like a, a loyalty to a fault. And I yeah, we saw understand that. Day. I guess if you if you're leading, if you're leading, you know, your team and this and that. But at the same time, you got to do what's best for the overall team. It's just like when he stuck with what yeah. was it, uh, Jason Mott in 2012. Uh, um, yeah, our our John Jay last over. year when he was really struggling. Or, or uh, I said Jason Mott. I didn't mean Jason Mott. I meant uh, Boggs. Um, yeah, Mitchell Boggs, man. Mitchell Boggs. Mitchell Boggs. They they mentioned him the other day, and I was like, you know, that guy was a great setup guy for one year. He was yep. uh, he was great, and then I think mm-hmm. Mott got hurt, and Boggs went to the World Baseball Classic, and he came back, and you're like, you're the closer. And I was like, huh? What? Yeah. And then from yeah. there on, he was just bad. The poor guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt sorry. Yeah, no, he, he fell apart. He fell apart. Yeah, it's I, like you know, you said. But go ahead. No, no, I, I think that's that's what's going on right now. I think with Adams, that's what's going on with, uh, with uh, Seth. I think that's that's really where it's at. And I, I, I kind of appreciate that in Matheny to some degree, but there does have to come a point where you just have to, to make some hard or tough choices. And, you know, yeah. and giving some of these guys a rest might not be a bad thing either. You know, why do we yeah, have to throw yeah. that stuff in, in every sixth and seventh inning? Uh, <laughs> you know, you've got a really good bullpen outside of him. Um, I don't yeah, know. That's, it, that's it, one of the tough. most frustrating things about him to me. Yeah. And trust me, I mean, I spend a lot of days defending Mike Matheny, and, and but but I there are some things. Yeah, I, I do go, too. I do man. too. Like I said, I hate yeah. when, when there's people just wanting to you know toss them out. I mean, the guy's not winning ninety games a season, plus, ninety plus games a season. Yeah, I mean, he's not doing that buffoon. because. <laughs> I mean, he, he, I mean, he, he's not doing that because he has is unbelievably great long hair and he sounds like Batman. I mean, the guy has right. and all talent. the players. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. Him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, I mean, there's a reason, yes, the Phillies roster wasn't that good, but, you know, Ryan Sandberg just didn't have control of that team. And you could tell when they're not playing for you. Oh, when yeah. They're just kind of going, yeah. you know, they're taking the field and it's like a job. 
And Mike Matheny, yes, he has a good roster, but he took over a team after a World Series, took over a team with LaRusa retired, and Pujols left. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, the biggest bat in the game in the last 11 years left. And he's found a way. Right. I mean, I thought last year, if you can't find he a way, a way every year. to appreciate Matheny last year, you're never going to find a way. And I think even if he won a World Series, they go, well, they won it in despite of him. Like, are you kidding me, man? Right. I mean, it's just he can't no. win. Oh, I know. But, and that, yeah. Um, I, like I said, but there are things, obviously, and there were things that frustrated me about LaRusa, too. And there, as a oh, fan, yeah, you're always going to have your, your critiques, and you're always going to be sitting there armchair managing <laughs> from, you know, from your living room. But uh, I do think you need to sometimes keep perspective. And that's one of the things, you know, grow, on my end, growing up and going really learn, cutting my teeth on the on the early 90s Cardinals when you had Joe Torre there and you had you know uh you know when I thought you know Gerald Perry was one of one of the best pinch hitters and he was but you know and you had Milt Milt Thompson and Todd Veal and every year I you know oh yeah hope as a kid <laughs> you go in with hope that you're going to make the playoffs and the world series and this and that but every year they suck and um uh, I don't know. I think looking back on that, that going into the last 20 years, you know, with Larusa and now Matheny, I mean, we've been, we're spoiled to death, and um, I just think it, it would help sometimes for some fans to step back and have a little bit of perspective on that and how successful they've been over the last few years. That doesn't excuse, you know, issues yeah. every season, but um, yeah, but. Uh... In a wild turnaround, Adam Wainwright has a two-run triple, <laughs> and then his yeah, the Cardinals the lead. Yeah, I, I yeah they're up. And now Piscotty's uh, got a hit, and now it's six to three. This is this is this team, yeah. folks. This is a team that sits basically in the top three in in, in Major League Baseball. They have 30, uh, 33 home runs. Uh, oh yeah, team, the offense. Is what is it about this, this off- year, Andrew? What is it about this offense, man? I mean, this is supposed to be something we were supposed to worry about, and now it's like explosive. Right. Well, part of it is the guys that have surprised us coming on, coming in, Diaz and Hazel Baker of all people. Um, you know, and then Grichik finally seems to be starting to hit. Um, as far as the power goes, you have guys supplying power that didn't supply power. Well, didn't supply as much power last year, like Moss. Um, although I know his average has been low, but he's there for the power more than anything. Um, I, I think that overall, these guys are, are are hitting and they're they've been putting together some big innings. And then not only that, you know, they're getting the lead and then they they pile on here lately with the runs, and that that's been nice too. Um, but you know, it goes back, and I, I don't I think you can give people too much credit and you can give people too too much blame. And Mabry in, in that in that sense, um, I think. Yeah. You know, looking at last year, as much blame as you gave him last year, I think you'd almost have have to say, okay, maybe maybe something has changed a little bit this year with him. But I don't know. Uh, I I really think more than anything, it's it's the um, the consistency in some of the players that have been getting a chance to play. Uh, Those people so are basically hiding right now, Andrew. Oh, I know. I know. And they're never going to they're never going to admit it. <laughs> no, they're never going to you know, admit it. Long season, because I mean, season, and, and I'll be honest flow? with you. Yeah, I mean, right. I'll be honest with you that I, I I don't really put a lot of stock in hitting coaches. I put more in pitching coaches. No, I don't coaches. I think when you but I, I think when you get here, hitters, you know, you got film on your iPad, you got everything at your disposal. I mean, yeah, he can go, "Hey, you got a little hitch in your swing." But a pitching coach is just so methodical. 
pitching, you know, 100 pitches a game when you go out there, a bullpen guy, you need a guy that can kind of assist you. But a hitting coach, he's just kind of going, you know, you're swinging it good. Keep doing what you're doing, and I'm going to go back to chewing on these sunflower seeds. It's just hard to put a lot of stock in these guys. And so when people right. get really mad about him, I go, guys, he's not really doing that much wrong or good. He's just kind of sitting there advising, maybe saying, mm-hmm. I mean, you think and he might be 11 years a few, a few things here <laughs> yeah. and there, but, but no. But, you know, no, I agree. I, I think I mean, sometimes they get too much credit and too much blame on either, either <laughs> yeah. end. Well, I, I think because they're kind of like a scapegoat. It's kind of like the offensive coordinator yeah. or even like the assistant offensive coordinator in football. They go, oh, hey, he's the reason that they didn't score those right. points in the field. And it's easy because, you know, it's easier for, for a team to kind of let go of a coach and then have to make a big change in the field. You know, you can just kind of replace a coach or promote a coach. But, well, to kind of really wind this down, we have – Blown through 29 minutes. It's Blog Talk Radio. The reason I do this is because – the reason I do Blog Talk is because I kind of compare it to Twitter. You have to get all the thoughts out in 30 minutes. You don't have like an hour and Mm -hmm. a half like other podcasts. It's like Twitter. You have 140 characters. If you don't get it out, you got to trim – you got to turn the and into into a symbol. <laughs> you got to get rid of this word. Right. You know, so in the podcast, you know, I'm just slowly getting better. But, Andrew, we got 30 seconds left. Where do you see this team going as 2016 carries on? Real quick, like 20 seconds. I think at best, wild card. Um, I hate to say that, but I really do. I mean, I, I, I hope I'm proven wrong. I hope they win the division. I hope they put the Cubs down. Uh, but that's, I think at best, probably a wild card spot. Um, and then once they get in the playoffs, you know, it's it, anything can happen from there, as we've seen year year after year with with multiple teams. So uh, if they can get in the playoffs, I think that'll that'll be great. There was one. Yeah, other, I mean, and, and, uh, go ahead. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm kind of with you. I still think that they have a chance at the division, especially if they make a move at the deadline. If there's a need there, Mo has to act like he he didn't act in the off season. I think if he makes a move. That might put them over the top, or hopefully mm-hmm. this offense keeps hitting the way they are. Because if the pitching can ever just come back to half of what they did last year, this team might exactly. be a force. But you, but you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if the bats are going to slow down. You don't know if the arms are going to keep tumbling down. But if you know if guys like Wainwright can write the ship, Mike Leak, then we have a shot. But you just don't know. And the Cubs, they're not going to go away. Neither are the Pirates. Right. No, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But uh, well, you know what, man, we're off the up. air. <laughs> well, well, okay. no, but, but the good thing is that whoever was listening in live just got cut off. But they're gonna go. I need to listen. I need to listen. So they're gonna, when, when I post the link after it processes, all this stuff will be on it. It's like okay. when I first did, I was like, I was like, well then, we well then, right the now, old... well then, right now, Carly doesn't think we mentioned her, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I actually got an angry tweet. I got an angry tweet about my graham cracker remark. He said, graham crackers are great, you bastard. And I was like, <laughs> okay. It, it's the one thing she points out in those 30 minutes of podcasts. And she goes, you know right. what? All the analysis was excellent. But graham crackers, if you break them right and separate them right, they're delicious. But, yeah, we, we <laughs> love Carly. You, you know, I mean, speaking of people, you know, Dina was the one that told me to have you on because I, I, I followed you and we commented on – but there's so so many people out right. there that I, I don't talk to enough. And then right well, when and she honestly, said that, I was like, I, "Yeah, honestly, I've never even thought about doing it. This is the first time I've ever been on any kind of podcast whatsoever. Hey, it's that, not something that's been on my, my radar. It's my honor to have you on the so, first time, man. 
<laughs> but yeah. hey, the, 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 so. this is great, and, and this is what I want to do. I, I want to, you know, there's people that want to have like the celebrities and the big baseball analysts. I want to have my Twitter mm-hmm. followers on. I like giving the voice of the fan to people and using my following and kind of using my 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 kind of uh, slow working hosting abilities to kind of put people on here and just kind of let you go off because people love to interact and this is my way of giving a voice to the fans. So, so thanks for coming on, man. We'll, we'll have you yeah, on no again. Problem. Yeah, it was fun. All right. Uh, yeah. Anytime. anytime. Yeah, yeah. I'll tag this up and I will uh, probably post later tonight or tomorrow morning, but thanks for coming on. And I'll, and I'll, I'll be talking at you throughout this season, Andrew. You have a good night. All right. Appreciate it, Dan. All right.